0: It's not often that I feel the real tug of California geographic pride. I grew up in Oregon. I lived there for 15 years. I went to college in Seattle and then worked there for 20 years. Like, those are places that, yeah, I do. Like, if somebody says something negative about it, I'll get a little bit defensive. And I guess I feel a little bit that way about Northern California. But it's it's not often that I get this general for Like, Cali, yeah. But I got to admit, I got to admit... Sunday as afternoon turned to evening and I heard Al Michaels talking about the NFC Championship game there I I got a little Cali pride
1: Sean McVay another winning season that's 5 in a row another trip to the playoffs against the 49ers who've been their kryptonite in recent years but to be determined for Bruce
0: Arians and I'm not sure <laughs> It's Maybe it's comeback. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Trematic. Dre, their music playing in some of the advertisements for the halftime show, and that—that that really, the G Funk era does tap in. Like that's right when I was in high school. For whatever reason, I felt a little bit of Cali Pride, like a little bit of Tupac, California Love, Dr. Dre. Ever since I was wearing Sassoons, nothing but a G. Like there was just a general, like I was like, yeah, it's California. I'm Danny O'Neill. Uh, this is The Dang Apostrophe, which is my new podcast. This is going to be kind of a soft launch. Um, there's no intro music yet. The graphics are being worked on. Uh, those will be out soon. But I thought that this was kind of, kind of a way just to a slow roll this out. Uh, recap of the divisional playoff rounds, specifically in the NFC. I've also got a voice that I think of anytime Sean McVay talks, that'll come up in a little bit, and then I'll wrap up the show with some thoughts about Peng Shui and what we're getting wrong in discussions of the politics in China as it relates to sports. But over the weekend, it was a great series of games. You've heard everybody talk about this. Best weekend of football in 10 years or whatever it was, and it was. It was awesome. It also turned out just about how I wanted and I feel conflicted about that because I was rooting for the 49ers and the Rams. But that's not... It's more accurate to say I was rooting harder against the Packers and the Buccaneers than I was for either of the NFC West teams. But there is a little bit of geographic pride, I think, that's probably accentuated because I'm on the, on the East Coast now. And I've joked about trying to become like the advocate because people on the East Coast love to tell you how things are out there and how you have to get used. to something. like... You guys don't know anything about fish tacos. Like things like become a strong West Coast presence. And seeing the NFC West, which I thought would be the best division in football, actually have the two teams that are left standing in the NFC provides some validation to that. But it's also happened in a way that I certainly did not expect. The reason I thought the NFC West was going to be the best division was because because of the quarterback play. I thought they had the best collection of quarterbacks with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, who I really, I don't know if I expected him to take the next step, but I, I thought I thought he would be a legit MVP candidate this season. Then the combination of Jimmy Garoppolo, who we all know is not good, but is a really good backup with Trey Lance, who is a top five pick working with a coach that I think everybody has a really high degree of respect for in terms of the expertise he has in it, in his offense, Kyle Shanahan, as well as just that's the guy he went and got because he thinks it's... An, and then Matthew Stafford. And not the biggest Matthew Stafford fan, but I found Stafford to be the single most interesting question in the NFL this year in that this was going to be a referendum... This was going to be a judgment on whether this guy who has been your quarterback's favorite quarterback for 10 years, like quarterbacks love Matthew Stafford. And I think it relates mostly to his arm strength. And then I think the fact that all quarterbacks secretly feel that that, that they have to do so much for their team that they all felt bad because they're like, Matthew Stafford's really good and he's on a terrible team. and. All quarterbacks secretly feel that sort of well. There's only so much you can do, and they talk about how we're such important parts of the team. But really, you can be hams. So he's there's 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 no player in the NFL that there's a bigger disconnect between how fans generally feel about him and people that look at it, and how the, the people who played the game and because there are so many quarterbacks among the people that talk about it, how the perception of a person like Matthew Stafford was. I think if you took a poll of quarterbacks in the NFL, he would come in in the top five of of talented, the best quarterbacks. If it was just quarterbacks being pulled, and I think he's he's probably top fifteen. If you take that across the league of all people that cover or root or cheer for, just a general like, hey, is how, how where does Matthew Stafford rank among quarterbacks coming into this season? I think quarterbacks would have had him top five, and most people would have said, yeah, probably top fifteen. And the storyline going into that NFC championship game now and after he made that and it was a hell of a throw he made to Cooper Cup. Like there's no there's no doubt about that. You can debate why why the hell the the Bucks decided to put a safety on the guy who won the triple crown um in receiving, receiving touchdowns and receiving yards. But it was a hell of a throw. It was a hell of a throw that Matthew Stafford made in the face of pressure with Ndamukong Su bearing down on him after he had kicked Ndamukong Su in the ding-ding earlier in the game, which points to Stafford for not only did he get a personal foul end up on because Su was yelling at him, but like, that takes some guts to do that early in a game against Ndamukong Su. Yeah, or, I, I don't know. if That guy's pretty low on the list of people that I would want to to feel he owed me one in the course of a football game, but shout-out to Matthew Stafford for that. Stafford's year's been okay. He's, he's been better than Goff, and in that way you could say that the deal that the Rams made has paid off. It's certainly paid off because of where they are. But this was an all-in year for the Rams, and he's been—he got picked off eight times in his last four. He got picked off eight times in his last four regular season games. That's a ton. Like, we all saw—like, he had some bad picks— he he there were times I there were times specifically where you would hear I remember hearing Al Michaels talking about how much this guy was going to allow them to take a step forward and it wasn't any criticism of Jared Goff, meanwhile they're criticizing Jared Goff, and you just throw these mind numbing interceptions, which is kind of Stafford's deal. He's got a huge arm, he's he, he's got an ability to make plays. But he has, over the course of his career, made some mind-numbingly dumb interceptions that we've written off because he's playing in Detroit. And you say, like, what else is the guy that's playing in Detroit going to do? Like, he's he's got to take some chances because nobody there is doing hell. And yeah, yeah, it was a pick six. But if you're if you're Matthew Stafford, you know that if you don't do it, nothing's going to happen. So he's gotten a pass in that way. A pass that he doesn't have with the Rams, by the way. Like, he doesn't. That 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 doesn't exist. That team's loaded. That team's got two of the five best defensive players in the league. I think in Ramsey and Donald, they made probably two two of the biggest, maybe even the two biggest in season additions with Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. Like they've 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 given him as much as you could possibly. Like it is it is absolutely been he has been given the keys to a Cadillac. Like and over the final 9 games of that regular season like it's beyond just the interceptions he threw i looked this up they're 5 and 4 their final 9 regular season games they're 5 and 4 they scored more than 30 points once in those 8 games they scored 30 and and that was against jacksonville it was 37 points so yes the rams are and i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say hey it was a bad trade but stafford's stafford's been very meh if you'd say, did he play up to the expectations? No. Not in the regular season, but you win two playoff games and it doesn't matter because all that matters is if if they get to the Super Bowl. And really, right now their season will feel I'm I'm pretty sure will feel like a success no matter what happens. Maybe not. Maybe you lose to the 49ers for the third time, and then everybody's going to be posting the picture of Sh- Kyle Shanahan with McVay's face photoshopped over the face of, of Kyle's oldest son. He's sitting there holding onto his leg. It's a hilarious picture. Like, maybe maybe that will happen. But Stafford's been okay. The, the guy of the four quarterbacks in the NFC West, and here's the weird part, the guy who's had probably the, the season that most closely came to, exceeding expectations has been jimmy garoppolo and that's mostly because of how freaking tough he's been playing through injuries i don't think anybody believes he's good i I, I mean they've got they've gotten this far in the playoffs despite against dallas he had a terrible pick and then flat out missed brandon Ayuk, and between those two i'm gonna bet i'm gonna bet that missing Ayuk was probably the more maddening thing for his coach, Kyle Shanahan, because A, it's reminiscent of when he he missed Emmanuel Sanders, who had gotten open deep in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs in a play that might have changed that game. But it's also, like, it's not just that Jimmy Garoppolo makes bad mistakes, which he does. He makes terrible mistakes. It's that when everything is created and all he's got to do is make the throw, when the play is worked, they have schemed themselves into a touchdown. The the Kyle Shanahan has, has 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 exploited a weakness or a tendency in the secondary and boom, that receiver who's the primary receiver on this play came wide open and all you got to do is make the throw. That's all you got to do, Jimmy. Like you don't have to look anybody off. This isn't about like your second or your third read. Like this play worked. It worked. You just throw the ball to him now. And and he misses some of those. And that's—it's probably not as bad as an interception, but it's—it's it's really close, man. Because you're like, oh, oh, that's—that's that's a gimme home run. That is, you guess the pitch and the location, and you know exactly what's going to happen, and and you and you missed it. You and you didn't even come close. It happened in that Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and it happened against the Cowboys when he had Ayuk open and he missed him, and. I, I don't even know what to say. Like you win a playoff game against Aaron Rodgers because your defense played its butt off. Your special teams (laughs) teams blocked a field goal and blocked a punt that it used to score a touchdown. You won on the road in Green Bay without your offense scoring a touchdown. And and Jimmy Garoppolo is one win away from becoming the worst quarterback ever to start two Super Bowls. And I don't, I mean, God bless him. Like that's, I'm kind of impressed at this point. And it's wild to think that it's if they do win and they do get to the Super Bowl and Jimmy Garoppolo starts, he might not be San Francisco's starting quarterback next year despite having despite having gotten them to the Super Bowl been, and started in the Super Bowl in two of the past three years. And it, and if Kyle Shanahan swapped out quarterbacks in the offseason and says, all right, it's Trey Lance's turn. We're going with our guy. I think everybody goes. Yeah, I get that. I get that somebody's probably going to trade for Jimmy and that might be the biggest win for the 49ers here as they get there. But you look at the quarterbacks and the reason that I thought the NFC West was going to be the best, Russell had was it his worst year? Yeah. Yeah, just because you had, there were times he got the ball late and, and looked so bad and coming back from that injury, but he was injured for the first time. So it makes it this sort of, is it just that he was bad? No. Like there's he was clearly limited. That it it was he has never been as inconsistent or inexplicably bad in games as as he was this year. Where usually even when he's played bad, there'll be a quarter or two where he's absolutely on fire or shakes out of it. He he had he had a stretch where he was bad this year. He certainly didn't meet expectations of, of what what everybody was hoping. And then there's Kyler Murray who of all the quarterbacks in the league, in the, in the division, he's the one, well, of all the quarterbacks in the league, he's the one who probably gave, whose status in the eyes of his own team might have changed the most over the course of this year. Because even somebody like Baker Mayfield in, Cle- in Cleveland, I don't think anybody in Cleveland was like, we know this is our guy. Like, we know he's the one. It was kind of like, well, he's the best we've got right now, and we think there's a reason to believe it can still work out when this season started. I think that's a whole different conversation now for them. But Kyler Murray, up until the past month, I think most people in Arizona would have said, "You, yeah, that's our guy. That's absolutely our guy. There's no doubt about that. And given the way the season ended, and given the way he played in that playoff game, and and i'll say this the way it looked like he got frustrated and just and just said forget this and started flinging it that pick he threw in the end zone is the kind of brain dead forget it i've just got to get rid of it and make it happen that's that's a kind of rookie mistake and not something that a franchise quarterback makes in his 4th year like that was there are a lot of things that 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 happened in that play. There's a lot what you saw occur there, and I guess this was his third year. A lot of what you saw happen in that playoff game, it looked like things just kind of caved in on him. And while, like I can remember that happening in, in in feeling like that with Mark Sanchez his rookie year, though I don't know if even Sanchez had as bad as bad of a postseason game as. As as Kyla Murray did, but you really get sort of that question of he's going to be the starter for for Arizona. There's no doubt about that next year. But if you're the Cardinals, are you sort of hey let me, let me sign that extension as soon as we can? Are you are you are you really ready to sink your long term future into him? Because what you saw at the end of that season would give you pause, and what you saw in that playoff game has to give you pause. The NFC West was the best division in football, and I think that's validated. It's just not the way we thought it was. I, I think it's been because of the running games and the defenses. It's it's certainly defense and the running game why the 49ers are there, and makes you think going forward. If Trey Lance, like Trey Lance, doesn't have to be great, Trey Lance can be rookie Russell Wilson or second year Russell Wilson. Like he doesn't he doesn't have to be the high volume. He doesn't have to be the, the Aaron Rodgers. and He doesn't have to do what the Arizona Cardinals were looking for Kyler Murray to do next year, not with the, the way they play defense and the way they run the ball. It's, it's, been, it's, it's a strange path how those teams took to get to this point. It is the Dang Apostrophe. It's my new podcast. I'm Danny O'Neill. I appreciate you listening here, especially as we go for this sort of inaugural test run. Right now, here's a word from our only sponsor. Have you ever found yourself wondering what it would be like to have an apostrophe in your last name? Hi, I'm Danny O'Neill, and I've lived with that reality over the course of my life. It has created endless complications when it comes to having someone look up my name, whether it's for a voting record or a rental car. But it is a signature element. The dang apostrophe has been hanging around my life for, well, 47 years now. And if you'd like the dang apostrophe to hang around your life... Well, you can do that. It's a newsletter and a new podcast brought to you by me, Danny O'Neill. You can sign up at Substack and pretty soon wherever you get your podcasts. The Dang Apostrophe with Danny O'Neill. Well, that sounds like a very interesting newsletter. You might want to go over to Substack and maybe search for my name, Danny O'Neill, or Hopefully, if you search the dang apostrophe, look, we got some graphics that have been designed. I'm pretty excited about that. The finishing touches are being put on them, and we'll see exactly how this takes shape. Uh, there is a subscription tier to the newsletter. you still get a free edition on Monday if you'd like, and the podcast eventually will also be part of that subscription package, though, as I said, I'm just testing this one out, so I believe that I'm going to be sending this out to uh, and making this public, so not just for subscribers. Anybody who's listened to me for any amount of time or in the past has heard that I I believe Sean McVay, the Rams coach, sounds like a certain comic. And each time I hear Sean McVay talk, I cannot help but think of John Caparulo. And with Sean McVay preparing for the NFC Championship game, I thought it'd be a, a good opportunity to sort of remind some of the similarities and... Oh, play some funny clips from John Caparulo, who I think is a very funny comedian. Here is Sean McVeigh. I believe this is after Sunday's game against the Bucks.
1: Favorite part is guys just stayed together. Right? Nobody flinched. Nobody blinked.
0: That was after that game. Now, John Caparulo. You know, there's been a bunch of break-ins in my neighborhood back in L.A. And I get home late at night, so I was going to buy a gun because it's <laughs> it's easier to hide than a sword. <laughs> was my first choice wouldn't that be sweet to get mugged and you had a sword I mean really of all days you know <laughs> McVeigh thought there was a chance we'd get a pressure right there and for Matthew to be able to kind of throw off drift hit Cooper down the pipe then be able to get it clocked and then Matt to be able to respond and, and knock it true as time expired I mean it's just the epitome of a team game John Caparulo if you've been to Ohio it's a beautiful place to leave this got me thinking though what if we had the two spliced together and you had John Caparulo answering a question that was aimed for Sean McVeigh. So uh, here is Greg Gubble interviewing what will first be McVeigh, but then he'll morph a little bit. You'll hear how it goes.
1: Is it true what I read that you have a photographic memory where plays are concerned?
0: I think that uh, probably a more accurate thing is I just don't have any balance. So all I really have, <laughs> you know, the only room I have in my brain no, is... No, seriously. Is I mean, do plays. you
1: really remember I remember
0: plays, but it's something that, you know, you're constantly going through it. I well, let's see. Let's, let's, let's see. Um,
1: <laughs> last year, week 16, you're playing the Titans. Yep. You got the ball second 11 at your own 20. 424 left in the second quarter. You remember what happened? I bombed it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. 80-yard touchdown pass. How about when you came to New York? You're playing the Giants in week 9. Yep. 240 remaining in the second quarter. Giants got the ball third and 10 at the 14-yard line. Remember what happened? I bombed it. Bingo. All right, let's try one more. Week five, going way back now. You're at home against the Seahawks. 56 seconds left, third quarter. Rams got the ball, third and 20, Seattle's 25. Remember what happened? Third and 20
0: uh, on Seattle's 25. Mm-hmm. I was so scared of short-arming it, I threw it over everybody's head. Like, <laughs> I bombed it. Like, I, the, the catcher in the mascot just stood there. There's, you've got to Really? I mean, my family's watching, make a play. I feel like over the past 2 to 3 months we haven't got much in the way of NFL coach imitations, and it's probably has to do with John Gruden and Frank Caliendo. How good Caliendo was at imitating Gruden and how inappropriate a Gruden imitation would become given all those emails that Gruden sent to bruce allen that came out and the racism the sexism the homophobia. but like that shouldn't spoil it for everybody like we should still get some some good imitations and john caparulo and sean mcveigh they live in the same city lord knows there's some production values that can be produced down there it seems like it seems like there's a real opportunity that could be done and the rams they they seem to have a sense of humor on social media they're certainly present on social media maybe get them together Well, that's going to wrap up this debut episode of The Dang Apostrophe. It is a new podcast that will be tied together with my Substack newsletter. I want to say that I'm grateful for everybody listening and looking forward to talking to you here in the near future.